Hey there, thanks for listening to the Mummy Dearest podcast. If you love this podcast, please consider joining our Patreon. Your donation helps support our show, and in return, we give you four bonus episodes every month. If you can't support the show financially, then we urge you to harass your friends and share the show with them. And please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It actually really helps us. Without further ado, on to the show. Welcome to the Mummy Dearest Podcast, a podcast where we used to talk about the mummy, but now we talk about other movies too. Welcome back, everybody, to the Mummy Dearest Podcast, where we unwrap pop culture from the 90s, 2000s, and today. I'm Zach Mellon. I'm Sloan Steele. And today we are unwrapping a very special episode of Romeo et Juliette. I'm really excited about this one, Zachary. You guys, we have the one and only biggest, best smile in Hollywood, international superstar, Jesse Bradford, everybody. We do. He's not here right now. It's no. Just like... <laughs> no, that was confusing. It was Sorry. confusing. He's not here at this moment, but he will be here very shortly. So just stay tuned, stick around, and we'll be right back. I'm just kidding. We're not going anywhere now, but we'll let you know. We'll figure out when we're supposed to clip this part of the interview in we're filming it at different times you know hollywood is unpredictable and hollywood's crazy you guys is he gonna show up we don't know if you get it the girls that get it get it and the and when the cheese starts to sweating you gotta get to getting yeah so anyway um how are you are you asking me or the listeners i'm asking you uh thank you so much for asking i'm uh not well bitch how are you (laughs) i'm okay Okay. Anything like yeah. new to report, <clears throat> new to t- new to discuss, new to talk about? I'm re- I really need to watch Tar. Like I I really want to watch that movie. Um, sure. I'm gonna try to watch it tonight. Okay, that sounds yeah. great. I really want to watch it. I don't know oh, if it's wait. gonna make you feel better. What? I can't watch it tonight because we have to record tomorrow morning. Forever do- after. Oh, I have to watch Ever After tonight. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited to do that. Ever okay anyway um <laughs> that's the theme song to the movie ever after so today we're doing romeo and juliet it was released on november 1st 1996 wow scorpio Before titanic wow that's major scorpio vibes yeah this movie is all about being a scorpio <laughs> that's because if like anyone's gonna kill themselves over someone Love. like yeah, it's, it's a, a Scorpio. Scorpio. Yeah, for sure. Um, the budge was fourteen point five million dollars. That's it. Fourteen point five. That's it. It grossed one hundred and forty-seven point five million dollars. That's why they keep letting Baz make whatever the fuck he wants because of this. He does bring in. He brings in the numbers. Like he doesn't he does. make a film where. Yeah, I mean. He does. He For does. For those of does. you who don't know who directed this, it's Baz Luhrmann. He was 34 at the time that he directed this. What? I know. I'm such a loser. I'm That's a, what I'm, I'm saying. I'm a freaking loser. <laughs> like, I just am. It's insane. How do you to command? To get this cast together? Yeah. Well, okay. Well, so wait. Let's let's talk about that for a second. Because, so wait. What year was this again? 96? 96. So, are it was we- before Titanic. 
So we weren't getting peak Leonardo, but he was someone at this he time. He was like, he was someone. He wasn't like Jack Dawson, like the aviator. Okay. So he Leo, was like on the rise. He was on the rise because he had done like Gilbert Grape and Basketball Diaries and Growing Pains. And like, he was like a little boy. So, but he was like already on the scene. He was out he and was about. He was like hanging out a Viper room, like that whole shenanigans. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and Wasn't how old... he, like, friends with... River? River? Yeah. Yeah, that's so yeah. sad. Okay, so we got... So wait, how much older is Johnny Depp than than Leonardo DiCaprio? I'd say, like, 10 years most, because... Okay. Right, so, no, that can't be... Oh, yeah, because um, Leo is almost 50. I'm going to look up how old Johnny Depp is, because I need to now know the age of everybody. So in this movie, Leo was 22. Okay. Claire Danes was 17. Okay. John Leguizamo was 36. Okay. 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 Harold Perrineau. I love was 33. him. Me too. He love. was 33. Paul Rudd was 27. Ugh. Our guest, Jesse Bradford, was 17. Little baby boy. Jamie Kennedy was 26. Okay. And Dash Mihawk was 22 he plays his cousin what's his cousin's name romeo's cousin yeah yeah yeah. i know who you're speaking of but i don't know the, his it's like name. the blonde meathead he's like a big like buff meathead boy who is the who is the bald one what's his name you're gonna have to give me more context the bald one the movie starts the bald one that has the montague um uh oh i don't know on the back that... of his head I don't know who that was. Because he's been in, like, the only other thing I know him from is the movie Loser. But I know he's been in, like, other stuff, too. I'm telling you, this movie, and if you guys don't know, like, the director of this did Great Gatsby, Mulan Rouge, and Elvis. And he also did the movie Australia, which I love and, like, I don't think anyone else loves. I actually think I'm going to do a TikTok about that and see what see what happens. See what but, you can dredge up. <laughs> see what I can dredge up. Okay. But he's making a TV series about it. About the show, about the movie Australia? It's a spinoff. So it didn't do well. And he's like, I know more. More. What they needed to see was more of this. And I only noticed that when I looked at his work and I looked at his upcoming projects, there's a show like scheduled for him to be working on called Faraway Downs, which is the name of the ranch that Nicole Kidman inherits. I can see how this would work as like a Yellowstone kind of vibe. Like I can see how that could be a show. Like an HBO 10 episode miniseries. Exactly. I can see yeah. that being a thing we all watch and we're like grateful for. But it's I just. Nicole Kidman, yeah. I just don't think it worked as a movie because I think there was like too much to tell and not enough. Well, it done. was like a three hour movie. And I love a three hour like epic adventure drama. Like that's like my favorite genre. And so I was just so appreciative of him making it. That's, I get why people didn't like it. Something. It's quite something to do that. But okay, so when he made this Sorry. film, I feel like I'd never seen, I mean, obviously I was young when this came out, but even to this day, like I've really never seen another movie like this. Like this was a very groundbreaking film. This was like super groundbreaking. And then he continued to do the same thing in every movie, but. But we loved it. Oh, and I didn't even put it together that Leo's in The Great Gatsby. So that's cute. That is cute. Um, yeah, I mean, but... the style of this film, like, oh my it, God. it's somehow, like, of that time, but now watching it back, it's also, like, very timeless. It just looks very modern, but from, like, any kind of modern time, almost. The only thing that dates it is, like, the news 
like the news thing in the beginning yeah. at the end but yeah. like that still is like but the whole movie is so grainy mm-hmm. and like and dusty and yellow oh god you know sloan and i love a like a lens like a color lens. love a lens and this movie it, it gives me such an appreciation for catholicism because the look Same. of like catholicism is like it's so cunty like it is so cunty <laughs> it's so i don't aesthetic. know how it's- else to describe it except like it's that bitch like it really truly is no like the big crosses and the women it's like Ugh. the it's there's something about like mary like the virgin mary on like a silk gown it's just like there's just With something all of the all of the uh the like the neon crosses and yeah. the candles and the flowers and the, the necklaces silk and, the, and oh. the, yeah and it's so funny because then it's like you have claire danes who's so like pared down like she's so simple against all of this like glitz and glamour and grittiness so true. Yeah. and it's like it just makes her like innocence so much more beautiful and it's just i think it's such a perfect film i really do it's it's made perfectly and perfect. i perfect when i was watching this i mean i i remember watching this over the pandemic and i was like wow i forgot I don't think I had watched it since I was a kid. And then I watched it during the pandemic and I was like, that's so good. And then watching okay. it again is like. It's just so I mean, good. I was really way, It's adapted in. perfectly. It's so crazy how even if you don't understand the language, the way. That's exactly. It, you just know exactly what everyone's saying. It's No, crazy. you're so right. You're so. And like, so it's good. so like, I mean, I'm going to say it, it sounds funny. Like, it's so brave of him to use the exact dialogue but and like worked. not waver that's what i'm saying it 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 worked and like you you know exactly what's happening who do you think did the best job with the dialogue like who acted that's a the really best good with question it? i have my answer I, I have i have like i feel like i have a long answer but i think it's john leguizamo yeah and I love his dancing. Like, I love when he's, like, shooting them and he's, like, twirling and spinning and dancing in it. However, <laughs> there's a part in the movie, and I wrote it down, where um, he, where Leonardo DiCaprio sees that she is going upstairs. Like, it's her home. And he says, she? A Capulet? And the music is, like, blaring behind him. And his face is just, like, perfect when he says it. It's just so good. I love Harold Perrineau as Mercutio. I think okay, he, yeah, no, you're right. That's, he just, I'm an idiot. no, but like, he just like, none of his lines make any, like, I don't know what he's saying. And I know exactly what he's saying. It's, and he's so good. It sounds natural coming out of his mouth. How, how? The way that he like, did what? that character is like, oh my God. The outfit, so I mean, like good. the drag, like doing drag, like. First of all, I think that Harold Perrineau, like, does not get his flowers enough. He's so good. Like, I, I, you guys know that I love the show Claws, which he stars in. He's so good in that, in that show. Like, he's good in everything he's in. And I love watching him dance. Like, he, he just deserves more, I think. The music in this movie is... You guys, there, this was a a peak pop culture like renaissance where soundtracks were the most incredible thing they were everything these songs from this movie were played on the radio i remember taping them like from my parents like stereo like onto a blank cassette Mm -hmm. and i mean obviously like love fool 
by the car is it the cardigans yes obviously yeah i mean that was like the big like if you were in elementary school when this came out like this was the huge you were everyone was listening to love fool by the cardigans. you couldn't you actually couldn't escape love fool it was on the radio every 13 seconds and i actually felt like it was almost like n- disjointed when it started playing in the movie i was like that's weird this is a weird you know it's so funny you say that because it did sort of like and maybe because we just heard it so many times it did take me out for a second of the it song did. in a weird way but then like none of the other songs did like oh my god when oh. talk show host by radiohead starts i'm just like uh and they play it twice in the movie that and the disco like the i mean <sighs> it's just that like disco so i mean are you kidding me like kissing you i love kissing Desiree. you i are also you to this day like a I 14 minute song it's so good and then when the music comes back in and swells up again and they're just, like it's the movie is so good like how do they how did they do this it's like and then they have like pretty piece of flesh and like this really like gritty music but then it's like these beautiful operatic songs then the little boy the boy coy the boy quindon, quindon tarver is his name everybody's and he free? recently oh. passed away no why car accident he was 38 no that's so sad i know he was like getting ready to make a big comeback that's so sad i know it is really sad i love i mean that kid's voice and those parts in that movie are like incredible it's just like i just there's some movies we cover on this podcast where i am overcome by how much i love a movie like i just love forget yeah it's like Sometimes the movie is in the ether and it's just, it was so viral when we were young, when it came out, this movie was so viral. Like we didn't have the word viral, but to what everyone else, like a similar. Yeah. I remember being at like wet seal and everything was like, like, like Catholic iconography on like little crop. Like you couldn't escape that like Fiorucci kind of angel aesthetic, like this oh, was yeah, so yeah, yeah, important yeah. to like that time period and i don't the think scenes, the scenes like you would like that scene where she dunks her head in the bathtub or the sink or whatever oh my like, god she's just like I'm looking so and confused. like yeah like if if this movie came out now we would be seeing that scene on tiktok on instagram twitter everywhere but i'm confused as to why and how like, why did we see that scene everywhere and how? Like, were we just watching Entertainment Tonight every I night? I think or? so. I think it was just probably heavily referenced on, like, MTV and stuff or, like, in magazines. I don't... I, you're right. Like, how did we see these things? Because it is very... like, when those... Yeah, like, when those moments, like, came up in the movie, I was like, oh, my God, that's such an iconic moment. Like, like the just, fish like, little, tank. Well, looking at fish... each other through the fish tank scene. I have... I had goosebumps the entire fish tank scene. It's just like the two of them look so sweet and young. This movie, by the way, made me feel so old because like to see them, what they looked like back then. And I remember thinking like they were not old, but I remember thinking like, oh, wow, like they're mature. They were like like, teenagers. They're teenagers. And I was like, what, 10? We were like literally 10. Yeah. So I remember watching it and being like, wow, like I can't wait to have that one day. And now that I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, my God. Um, they look like they look like children, little children, and I am baby an little old, babies. I'm an old woman, so they that was kind of weird. Children. Yeah, like I'm closer in age to like Paul Sorvino than I was I to them. You know what I mean? And that also, was hard. Juliet's mom. Who was that? I she looked so familiar, and like I just couldn't place her in anything I've ever seen. But she was 
iconic in her own right. She said, let me show you what camp is, is what she did. And she ran she through ran. that house <laughs> screaming, dressing up as Cleopatra. I, I wrote in my notes that there's nothing I love more than a glamorous woman with a wig cap on, with the, the hair coming out, with her full face done, getting ready. I love a woman getting ready, rush before the party scene. Like, I know what that feels like. I, I remember my mom doing all of the stuff, running around the house with like the curlers in her hair and trying to like get all of the, you know, make sure everything looked good. And then yes. it's just such a... It made me feel like a little kid again to see that woman doing that. I love it. It immersed you into that. It really did immerse you into that moment. It really was. That's, you know, the movie is like so immersive. It really it like is. plunks you. And I don't know if it's because the language or the aesthetic, the style, like all of it. I don't know what exactly. I can't, I can't pinpoint what it is, but you are, you're inside the film. I almost feel like there needs to be like an Oscars where like we talk about these types of movies. Like we need to bring them. I feel like we didn't talk about them enough. (laughs) I don't either. And it's like, can we ever get this kind of movie again? We can't, right? That's a really good question because I think Baz is doing the same thing over and over again. But it's so it works sometimes. But it's so sharp and crystally now. Do you know what I mean? It's not grainy. Yeah, like I loved. I love. Okay, like with the Great Gatsby, I I'm a big Great Gatsby fan. Love loved this it. movie. But then when I saw it, I was like kind of put off by it, and then I ended up like loving it. And now I like Same. love it. The first time I saw it, I didn't like it, and upon re- rewatches, I I love it more and more every time I watch it. Me too. And I think it's because like we wanted like that glossy like period film, but then mm-hmm. we realized that like what he was doing, he was like using the music that like we dance to now to to like make you understand why they're like dancing and partying. And then it made sense. But like well, Moulin Rouge obviously is like Yeah, I do one love of Moulin his Rouge most renowned too. films, I feel like. But you know what? That was back what year did Moulin Rouge come out? Because that was I a don't long know. it time. had to have been it, I bet you it was like right around this. 99, 2000, like kind I bet. of yeah, let me check. It's just like now I feel like the 2001. Movies- 2001 i feel like the movies are they're they're not filmed i don't know if they're not filmed on actual film or it's just like there's just something about them that doesn't have this like sort of grainy quality to it that i need a film i need films to like we're gonna do ever after and ever after also has that sort of just like soft muted kind of painted look almost (laughs) i want that like um legends of the fall is like yes exactly yeah why can't we get that on screen? Like, there's great like movies. A crisp, like a crisp haze. Yes, exactly. You can see everything that's going on, but it's just, like, kind of soft looking. Like, it like is. the English patient is, like, a painting. Oh, perfect. Exactly, yeah. Why can't we film movies like that? Well, like, you know what? Sensibility. I, I take this back because I do feel like Bans- the Banshees of Inna Sharon did kind of have oh, yeah, that, you're right. that kind of soft kind of look to it but maybe yeah, again maybe it was just it was a soft film it was a soft film I can't stop thinking about that movie i know i almost kind of want to watch it again i need to watch it again but i like, want to live there so bad me too oh, so badly my I mom know. was talking to me about it and she was like she was like that movie was feckin dull i'm like well that's kind of the point and she's it like who would point, live there you... like 
Me? Uh, hello. You me. need to like get into the minds. Like you need Gotta to know in. what you're watching. If yeah. you're like, it, I watched that on a very cozy evening at home. You've got to like get a cup of tea and like a little cookie and like sit down and really just like put on a fire, put on a little throw and just, yeah. you watch the movie and you, you just, watch the movie. you just put watch on, the do movie. Do not disturb. Yeah. Don't be on your, you cannot be on your phone. I told yeah. her that I said, you can't be on your phone for that movie. And she's like, but it was so boring. I'm like, but that's the point. You have to just right let it be listen boring. to them listen them to them talk to yes yeah. it's like a beautiful it was beautiful play it was like a beautiful play so was the whale like a play I know. anyway I okay mean, everything Oof. um okay 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 let's jump right in um okay. <laughs> so i will say i i love the intro i love the intro to this movie i love the news anchor like how perfect was that idea two households both alike in dignity in fair verona where we lay our scene from ancient grudge break to new mutiny, where civil blood makes civil hands unclean. From forth the fatal loins of these two foes, a pair of star-crossed lovers take their life, whose misadventured piteous overthrows doth with their death bury their parents' strife. The fearful passage of their death-marked love and the continuance of their parents' rage, which but their children's end naught could remove is now the two hours traffic of our stage. Okay, so not only do we get a news anchor, and I, I also love in a movie where the action starts tiny, like it's a one little tiny TV that then grows bigger. I don't know what it is about that that I love. It, it instantly captivates you. Yeah, it's captivating. You're Correct. just like, it makes you pay attention because you're like, oh, something's yeah. coming. So and you pay attention. How does it start again? In, is it in Fair Verona where we lay our scene? It's something, yes, but she's but the woman is saying it literally like you're like in downtown Providence, two people were shot. It's like she oh, yeah, literally yeah. was like the like, way in she, Fair Verona, where we lay our scene exactly. She it's wasn't so like act, it, this wasn't like she wasn't acting like in no, a play, she was, it was like a news report. News. It was it's perfect, brilliant. And then to, to, to go even more brilliant, the movie opens with essentially a trailer for the whole film. Households, both alike in dignity, in fair Verona, where we lay our scene. From ancient grudge, break to new mutiny, where civil blood makes civil hands unclean. From forth, the fatal loins of these two foes, a pair of star-crossed lovers take their life. Set to the best, like the best music. I'm so glad you mentioned it. I'm so glad you mentioned it. And like, it's just like, yes. <laughs> always start what? a movie with a sick trailer. Why are we all doing that? That's a li- I was drawn into that. Not to mention, like, that's what Housewives do. And why haven't we learned from that? Like, every episode, we're like, this episode on the real house. And then we're like, dra- captivated, drawn in. We should be doing this with every film. Of course we should be. It makes the most sense. It's so, you're just like, oh, okay, I'm about to see some, like, real ass shit. Real good shit. Like, this is it. It's I'm so, so glad good. You said that. 
And then it, and then we get straight into the way they introduce all the characters. I love the, I, you know, we love Same. words on a screen, you and I. They knew that it was good. Go- like, they knew that this was going to be slightly confusing. Mm-hmm. So it was like, they knew that people that were going to see this were going to go see it for Claire Danes and Leonardo and like all the, they weren't like, and they were like dumb kids in middle school. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, we've got to, we've got to make it somewhat easy for people to like, understand like see like like figure out who is who in this situation exactly and that's perfect i loved it so much and i all the details like of the guns that are called the swords like every single detail is just and like the the when the movie starts and you see like the city with like the capulet and montague buildings like it just the way they the way they this could be a tv show i mean like someone could adapt Someone could adapt the Capulet Montague like a war into a TV show. Can we ask Jesse if we can like get that crackalack in? Because I would love to see that. That would just be so good. Yeah, make like a sequel. Tim- Timmy Chalamet as Romeo. Why would you do that to me? I just got goosebumps. I'm just saying, like that's very obvious. Because he can play thirteen. He can play thirteen <laughs> exactly. Did you ever have to like read for a line in this, or like, or like read the play aloud? Yeah, of, of fucking course we all did. I think didn't we? I I think we all had to at some point, but I just remember like the "Do you bite your thumb at me, sir?" Like that was like I had to do that a lot for some reason. I don't know why. I think I just picked that one because it was easy. To, to this day, to this day, <laughs> sorry, I'm gonna do it every time. Paul and I <laughs> we got really mad at each other, but we we're trying to end the fight. We'll bite our thumbs at each other. That's really good. They You're both help. such smart literaries. We just, it just helps. And also, okay, that scene, like, Jamie Kennedy's acting and laughing in this movie. Licking his own nipple. Okay, that was crazy. To this day, unnerves me. And I, you must have been really put off by the laughing. Because it's very (laughs) spring-loaded Gothamite kind of vibes. He does freak me out. And he he does, even, like, in Scream, he's very, like, like. Yeah. So. (laughs) The laughing is so crazy. No, this movie does have that aspect of it, which is why I think as a kid, I didn't really want to see it. It's, it's, it's gritty. It's tough to watch. It's gritty. And it's like, it is bouncy. It's very like, and even when like the camera moves, it does like the, like, it's very like swifty. So it's, It's it is like, it's fast and it keeps your attention and it's two full hours long. Was it two hours long? It did not yeah. feel two hours long at all. Two and six. I know. Wow. It felt really short, actually. It, it's like nonstop. It does just like the action is insane. Like, it's just like, it's such a brilliant adaptation. Like, it makes the most sense to adapt this. I mean, obviously, there's so many. Zach texted me and he was like, this is going to be a hot take, but William Shakespeare is pretty good. <laughs> like, it really is. Like, every single story just comes from Shakespeare. Like, it's no just everyone something has them. to be said about Shakespeare. I think we're listen, the ones we, to say it. We really we need to bring his work to the forefront. It really should. We it's really, really should. ridiculous how overlooked he's been. It it is hard to act those words and say those lines. I'm like and- half kidding though. Like I. It's like, no, like because, we really don't talk about him enough. It's it's because like his work is it's weird that it's so timeless. It's it's it it's like that and and Jane Austen. Like to have such timeless work in such a weird time in life. I mean, like is really crazy. I guess they're just like such. Hu- it's just such human themes. It doesn't matter what time period right. you're in. It's just this is how it. Like your first love feels like the most important love of all time. <gasps> 
and it's so dramatic. It's so, and like the family's feuding. I mean, these are just, it just all still rings true today. It's, it's so fascinating. It even like in Titanic, it's two families. Yeah. I mean, they're not families, but you know what no. I mean? Like, I mean, the opposing love theme is like in literally every movie. I know. I feel like, should I try to find like a, a someone in my life that can sort of come in and shake things up? Like my life feels so comfortable. Do I need an opposing love from a, a feuding family to come and like make things interesting? It would be so fun. Although I don't know if you could handle it. You've got a lot going on. Yeah, I don't really have time for like another, like a romance. Yeah, that's true. I know. Could you imagine someone else wanting to 69 with you? Ugh. Well, I, I mean, I'll, I'll ask when Jesse Bradford comes on, I will. I'll ask. I'll see if he's yeah. interested and we'll take it from there. I want to talk about the party scene. Are we supposed to think it's Halloween? Is that like the, the theme? Or it's just like a costume party. I don't think Halloween existed then. In LA? In the 90s? It was Mexico City. Was it LA? It was I guess Verona. It was Verona. But <clears throat> it was Italy, but I mean it was filmed in Mexico City. Where is it supposed to take place? Like is it supposed Verona. to be in like in Verona, it's like Italy? Dy- it's like a dystopian Verona. So it's just like not really anywhere. I think it's not really anywhere. I mean, obviously it's in Verona. Like we're supposed to believe it's in Verona, but why did I think it was LA? Because it looks like LA. Okay, got it. Okay, it does so look like LA, but it was filmed in Mexico City. This is a good question for Jesse. We'll be like, where is this supposed to take place? We'll be like, uh, in Fair Verona. It will be like, what? Um, what does that mean though? But like, what does that mean? Can you like can you kind of just go a little bit deeper for us? Um, the party scene is, I mean, I know we say this a lot, but it's literally iconic. I mean, it almost feels like it's the whole movie. Like every, everybody's costume, everybody's costume. Let's just go. Can we go costume by costume? Sure. I mean, Leo's is obviously (sighs) sexy. The chainmail, like the little knight. Oh my God. I know. And he's almost wearing like when you really see it up close, it's almost like a sheer polyester, like women's blouse. It's literally like a John Galliano, like yes. chainmail, like sex outfit. So hot. Yeah. And then he like throws on like a metal sleeve. Oh, it's so literally like good. Timothy Chalamet's like Matt Gala outfit. <laughs> no, it really was. Okay. Then I love John Leguizamo's outfit with his little devil horns, just like of classic, course. but so he is the smoke, the smoking hotness of him in this film. His little round teeth, he he looks like a cat. I know he's the prince of cats, but he looks like a little cat. And I am just like, oh, this is why I like Latino men. Like this was, I realized now like this is it. No, he's like really incredible. That his outfit, his fucking vest, the holster, the vest, when he is smoking the cigarette and like spins and gets down on the knees and throws the holsters. Like, what are you talking about? I need to post that on TikTok. Like, I need to post a lot about this. You, that's like, actually, yeah, I know. No, it's, I mean, he, his performance in this is really good. I mean, like, I don't know whose idea it was to make his, like, his role like an, like a performance, but he's so good in this. And the little soul patch, like, he just looks so, he's, he's so, He's got such an interesting, beautiful look, and he's really, like, fun to look at. Like, he's as yeah. fun to look at as a woman. Uh, you know what I mean? He's, like, yeah. hot and sexy, but, like, he's not, like, and classically smart. handsome. There's just something about him no, that you're really right. captures your eye and makes you, like, 
your eye kind of bounces everywhere because he does just have such like feline features almost. And everything's really, he's got such a unique look. I love him. And we just watched the menu too. We're like, I loved him in that too. We did. We did. I just, I wish he still looked like this. I wish he was still wearing little tight pants. (laughs) I know. I just want him in tight pants and like steel toed boots with a gun. Like it just looks so good. Speaking of the the holsters, there's a scene where they're playing pool and um, Dash Mihawk is like, he's shirtless, but they they made this really intricate detail where he has tan lines, his gun holster, he has gun holster tan lines. I didn't notice that. And it's just so smart. It's like so subtle and smart what is okay i you know you know i don't like guns but what is sexier than gun holsters why is that so well, when hot? you need them you need them i i think yeah. the thing is, is like if you need them then it's like sexy i would you have love, to have one like i would love to have been like a saloon whore with like just a hot like a like a josh hardnet kind of guy coming off his yeah. horse with his holsters on and smelly. then so smelly it smells like horse yeah. and ball big sweat bush. yeah big bush with a big hog and just the holsters stay on and the boots <laughs> and they the feet smell so bad just knocking clinking boots oh my god that must have been so hot oh <laughs> god the chlamydia <laughs> The burning genitals, the <laughs> sores. Oh my god! What would what could be better? What could this be better? Smell, I'll tell imagine you. like a imagine the smell of a whorehouse bed. I imagine just like walking into those. Pla- I mean the the smells you'd have to put up with. I do want to ask Jesse Bradford if it smelled on set because it looks like it did. It looked stinky. It looked stinky. I mean, it was like a bunch of kids in the nineties. It had to have been stinky. Oh, I cannot wait to find out about like the partying behind the scenes i know we gotta ask him i hope he wasn't like i had to go i had to go home at night because he was 17 right oh that's true but it was mexico so i feel like aren't isn't like the drinking age younger there if my child was like i got this role i'm gonna be shooting in mexico i'm 17 i'd be like uh i'm gonna have to come with you like what are you talking about she probably legally did have to, unless they like Alicia Silverstoned him and like sent him to do whatever. We're going to have to ask. Wanted. I guess we'll ask him where your parents there. And what okay. I want to also ask about his costume, like his costume, the the look was very interesting because he didn't have the same uh, Hawaiian shirt outfit as like the rest of the boys. No. He was dressed like yeah. a little, a little Mormon boy. Who is he? Oh, Balth- Balthazar. Balthazar. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll find we'll, out. We're gonna we'll find, find out. out. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. We'll find out. Um, okay, so then obviously we need to talk about Juliet's costume, the angel wing Simple, dress. Beautiful angel symbol symbolic. 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 It's symbolic <laughs> for sure. Symbolic, she simple. Is... She had a wig on. Did you know that? Really? That was she had a dry wig and a wet wig. What what was her hair at that time? Was she filming like my so-called life or something? It was probably like a short blonde bob. Okay. Yeah, I, feel I like mean, there's always a short blonde bob. What a funny! It's such a good choice of hair color and and hair length for her costume, or for her character in this film, like kind of like a mousy, a mousy. brown. Oh. Yeah, but it's perfect because it's like innocent and it's like it's innocent. It's like virgin hair. It's never been touched. It's virgin like, hair, very vir- very virginal, barely any makeup. I mean, the most right. simple of makeup. I love Claire Danes' face. That's another face that I just think I is so her. beautiful. I want her to do more. I would love to see her in the Gilded Age. <laughs> oh, she'd be so good on the Gilded Age. 
Wow, Zachary. Wow. I know. Listen, when I was seeing Avatar, all I could think about was Sigourney Weaver as as Bertha Russell's mother. I could not stop thinking about it. I just wish someone in casting would just let us have a shot. Give the same voice. Give us a chance. Give me a chance. Give me a chance, please. We know we could do it so good. We would cast the most incredible season of the Guild. <laughs> we wouldn't. You wouldn't even need writers because they could just walk around in costumes and people Literally. would be like, "We get this. We understand. We get it. That's all. We, we totally wanted. understand. We see what we need to see. I just want to see Sigourney Weaver on that screen, baby. <laughs> I don't understand why they won't. Why won't they us, give that so. to us? Why aren't they giving us Sigourney Weaver? I don't know. Maybe Jesse will help us. We'll be Stay like, tuned. all right, Jesse. So we have a lot of casting ideas for shows you're not involved in. Is there any way we tricked him into coming on just so we could like like pitch ideas? Yeah, he's like, I don't, I don't want to help you with any of this. We're like, come on, Jesse, please. We're like, like we'll Brian give you a spot. <laughs> Jesse actually would be good on Gilded Age. He could play. Of oh my god, he could play kind of like a boy from the wrong side of the tracks, and he's like Ooh. a like a like maybe. A reporter. He's a reporter. Oh my god! And he's like getting the scoop. Oh my god! Infiltrating high society. <gasps> so he has to like do double agent work, like as a mm-hmm. high society member. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll obviously right. talk about this with him. He's we gotta be put like, a cap I'm... on this because the public is gonna steal that idea. I know. Sorry. Okay. No one listened to this. Um, I did acid on Halloween on Bourbon Street in New Orleans, okay. and it felt like this party scene. Yeah, I I think that we all, every time I go to a party, I imagine that my night is going to be just like this. It always ends up with me, like, sitting on a couch, like, talking, having, like, a deep conversation with, like, a drunk girl. Yeah. But this is what I always hope it's going to be like. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's you know just, I mean? you always want to have a really fun fireworks-filled Paul Rudd, debaucherous, debaucherous, yeah. just night. But yeah. you're not going to get there. Nine times out of ten, you're just God. eating like Doritos out of a bowl. I hate when people put Doritos in a bowl. There's, it makes Doritos taste so bad. Why? I don't know. I actually disagree. I wow, because there's something. I think that the what is it called? I think what is it called when you, you decant? decant <laughs> you decant the Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> it I, opens I up the flavor <laughs> see i think the flavor stays better inside the bag i like to reach like a bag. more condensed yeah i like a condensed flavor i think when you when you decant them it's sort of <laughs> the smell is is half the doritos flavor and it's sort of i agree yeah air and something I, about also fast. it's something about me i eat less of them when they're in a bowl well, because it's like kind of embarrassing to keep reaching into the same bowl over and over you're again. Right. So it's like you're in right. a in a bag, no one can really tell what you're doing in a bag. It's how a often bowl. when you're when you're <laughs> at a party, how often do you have to snap back into reality and realize that you've been standing over the food, <laughs> like binge eating? <laughs> It depends on where I'm at. If I'm like at a, yeah. my, a family function, I don't give a shit. If I'm I'll rarely eat at a party if I'm like talking to people because for some reason, I guess in my <laughs> mid thirties, I've now developed that thing where food just gets stuck in my teeth every time I eat anything. It does. Yeah. And like that never used to happen before, but I see it happening more and more. So I'm like, well, I can't risk this. Cannot risk There's it. just moments where I'm like, I'll I'll just be like eating the the appetizers and I'm like, oh my God, 
I need to walk, like, I need to walk away. Other people need a chance. (laughs) (laughs) If there is like a a particularly good appetizer. Okay. If it's past hors d'oeuvres, I will hunt you down. (laughs) I will follow your tray. If there's something I like, I will station myself where I need to be stationed. And I will, I have no shame because that's also a moving target. So people can't really clock what I'm up to, but if it's, a table with snacks you're not going to really see me around there you'll see okay. me going with somebody else and that's pointing, brave pointing out things i think we should put on their plate but you're not going to see me not going to see me a size you know eight to twelve you're not going to see me with okay so hands. it's it's a disordered it's a disordered notion yeah, yeah okay. it's 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 in my mind which i know is not true but i'm just people gonna, are like of course sloan's at the appetizer table they're going to be like oink oink Oh, I didn't yes. realize it was a, a piggy party. Here's the trough. Fill it up with slop or Sloan. That's what they're I like. Say. They're like those hors d'oeuvres are for everyone else, and then there's just a, tr- a bucket for you. With a like bucket the- of slop. It's a Home Depot <laughs> bucket, and it's filled with just scraps. Yeah, like scraps mixed with scraps, sour cream. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And they just give me like a really big spoon, and they sit me in the corner, and they say, "Have at it, fatty." So that's that's why I don't really like that going to parties. That sounds great. Honestly, um, imagine a restaurant where they just gave you a bucket wow. and a big spoon and a you get to sit by yourself two, and no one bothers you. We're two days away from that. Like, I know for a fact that that'll be like a viral restaurant and we're going to get that. Everybody come down to the slot factory. Oh, my God. The bucket room. The bucket bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> so gross. All right. Sorry, you guys. Um, wow, 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 wait, wow. before we get off food. What ripeness or lack thereof do you like a banana? Wow, this is a great question. Thank you so much. Um, I do think <laughs> we should have probably saved this for Jesse. So there are a this is gonna be a crazy answer, but I I'm need hoping ban- I agree with you. Well, you pr- chances are you will because I eat bananas at three different stages. Okay. So if I'm having a, like an English muffin with some peanut butter. I want sort of like a pretty yellow, like a, a a newly ripe yellow banana, like one that doesn't taste that sweet yet. I don't. Yeah, I agree. I don't really like a sweet banana. No. And then if I'm having a smoothie, I want an in the middle banana. I want a few Makes brown sense. spots, but I don't want it to be overly sweet, but I want that banana flavor. Got it. And then if I'm going to do a banana, like a mashed baked good thing, I obviously oh, want of course. the sweetest yeah, yeah. banana I can get. Of course, okay, of course. But and, when I'm, oh, I'm not done. So sorry. Oh, okay. Oh, no, no, no. The fourth banana is sometimes if I'm going to make a banana sandwich with peanut butter and honey, I want that very ripe banana because I want to mash that raw on top of my Ooh. my sandwich, my my peanut butter. But sometimes I just want yeah. toast with slices, and those have to be firm. It's two different vibes, two different moods. When I'm like eating a full, when I'm just like eating a banana, I want yellow. There, I I want there to be a little green on top. Yeah, it has to be pretty firm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want. I don't want a sweet. I hate when a banana in my mouth is like soft and sweet. Oh, no, I want to be able to like. It needs to have some firmness. Yeah, I want it to be like refreshing almost. I agree with you. It's like it almost smells like uh, it's about to be a banana, but it's not there yet. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I okay, like it. Firm. I knew that you'd agree. Yeah. When you get when you get one of those huge yellow ones. I have one right now. Yeah. <laughs> when you get that, 
It may, yeah. I feel I feel positively like a monkey in a tree. Yeah, like a slut yeah. monkey. Yeah. I love the feeling when it's big and thick and like curved and I'm yeah. holding that banana. Mm, it just like, feels oh. yeah, it feels so I'm just Phallic. like oh. yeah. I'm like I'm I'm a woman in nature. Could you Im- all right, anyway. <laughs> What's wrong with us? I don't know. I don't like when we I don't like when we agree with each other on such niche ideals. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of time I spend looking at the bananas, though, it, it's a snap judgment. Like, I see in all of the bananas, I I, I can't see believe right you're away. saying this, Sloan, because I circled the Trader Joe's, like, pillar of bananas. I circled it knowing what I was looking for. Saw it, grabbed it, done. It so can't be fast. too many. It can't be like too many. It can't no. be too little. I need like four to five. five. Yeah, <laughs> it has to be. I need like five. If I get six, I know that that last one's going to rot. Zach, if I get six bananas, I don't think I'd even eat one banana. But if I That's get five, exactly they'll all be gone. Done. So, You'll want more. If I get three bananas, goodbye. They'll rot. Yeah, exactly. They'll, they'll be it's gone. so crazy. What is that? I don't know. That's very weird. Yeah, like there's so many bananas, but it's like the bananas kind of speak to you. They really do. They tell you which ones you need. We're like little monkeys, yeah. They're just like, they're like, here I am. What is that? What is that? It's so natural. Although bananas like aren't, like the real bananas like are like little short rounds, aren't they? With seeds in them. Yeah, like the we the ones we eat are called like the Cavendish bananas or something. Right. Which okay. I know all the history about, but nobody wants to hear. Anyway. I'm, imagine Jesse comes on and he's just like, what are you guys talking about? We're like, we're talking about Cavendish bananas. Do you watch this film, Romeo and Juliet, and hope every single time the ending will be different? I literally have that written down in my fucking notes, Zach. In my notes, I wrote, even though I know what's going to happen, I still think it's going there's to end chance. different. Yeah, there's a chance. What is that? I, I don't know. And it's horrifying. You know, they and they do switch this up a little bit. It, instead of like poison, instead of her taking poison, she, or no, she stabs herself, right? In the play. Play she stabs herself. Here she shoots herself. And I don't really know why she needed to do that. Was she like embarrassed to be like, I faked this? And I don't think in the play they doesn't she wake up and he's already dead? Yes, I think she I think he's already dead next to her. In this movie, she wakes up and he sees that she wakes up. Yeah, right when he swallowed the poison. Oh my god. That would be more devastating. That'd be so bad. That'd be such a bad move. He could have just waited like 10 minutes. It reminded me of the ending of The Mist when <laughs> when he shoots everybody in the car. I almost and then the mist the clears and he gets saved. So horrible. That, that is, is so like, traumatizing. He shoots his child and then the mist instantly clears. And he's like, I don't know what happened. He's just like, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, just wait like a minute. Whenever you think, whenever you're about to do something bad, maybe like, is that a Stephen King? Minutes. Yeah. But in the, in the book, it doesn't end like that. Okay. Well, I was going to say read the book. It's not as good as the movie's great. S- Stephen King books. Like, 
I'm not going to say it. The stories are very good, and then the endings are atrocious. I don't know why we give him so much. We have a couple movies that are like, you know, classics, but. But he didn't even like that. Like, he hated The Shining. He hated what they did. And it's like, well, what they did was a lot better than we what you did. We prove it. Yeah. Yeah. We, <laughs> they were like, again, great concept, not a great execution, sir. So we're going to. I mean, like, Misery. <sighs> Misery is a great movie. It's a I good book, too. When he keeps it simple, I think it's good. Yeah. He just, like, kind of talks about <laughs> young girls, like, a little bit too much in the books, which, like, I get it. Male gaze and all that. Mm. But. I feel like I've read a lot of his books where he's describing like a 14 year old girl's like budding breasts for like a little too long. What notes do you have left before we jump into Jesse? I have like nothing left. I mean, this movie is just absolutely perfect. Um, I really like the dance scene where Leo is watching Claire Danes and Paul Rudd dance together. It was so cute and sweet. So sweet. Um, John Leguizamo was an early sexual awakening. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess I did see that that one when I was 10 (laughs) to see that. To see, like, that and then see um, Mercutio, like, in drag and, I mean, I was already a huge fan of, like, Tu Wong Fu, I think, by that age, but I just thought, like, this movie presented so many interesting, like, different male characters and, like, there was toxic masculinity, there was, like, I think some good masculinity, there was... People of color. People of color just existing, like, they were all different types and and shapes and it was just i don't know it's just like a really i just really good just really a good movie that's it that's all i have anything else from you nothing for me so just stick around and stay ready for jesse jesse's we're gonna jump we're jumping into jesse here he comes welcome back everybody welcome to our interview portion of the romeo and juliet mommy dearest podcast we're here with an extremely special guest that you all love and adore international superstar man with the best smile in hollywood jesse bradford (laughs) hi hi jesse Jesse, you're just so the fans can see you're smiling like a very typical normal person but sloan and i have fallen in love with your 90s and 2000s smile where you yeah, do like yeah. a you do like the side smile? Are you saying it's evolved? It's evolved to like a very typical smile. I don't oh, think okay. so. I see yeah. still the smirk, the young boy smirk. It it, it kind of it, it I think it's you know what? It's not even something I was aware of until um I started seeing people pointed out in like uh in writing. People are obsessed it. with it. Wow. <laughs> what do you mean in writing like in fanfic or in No, no, no. Scripts? In like like uh, in an article or whatever, you know, Got about it. whatever movie, you know, bring it on or, or this and that. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll get, That's we'll excited. get to that. We'll get to we that. We'll get to that. We'll we, get to that. Um, we are doing Romeo and Juliet this week for Valentine's day and right. we rewatched it. It's one of the most incredible movies. It's such a good movie. Have you watched it recently or like within? No, I definitely haven't watched it recently, but I, I absolutely have watched it. I don't know, probably three times or something, but, but it was all back a long time ago. I don't like to watch, uh, I don't like to revisit and I don't really even like to watch in the first place, but, but um, with Romeo and Juliet, I really do remember quite well um, the night of the premiere and the premiere was at man's Chinese theater. And I just remember sitting there and the lights going down and like that first shot with the TV uh, and the newscaster on TV and, and just like the process of getting sucked into 
um, this feeling of like, oh my God, like what, what did I, what did I fall into? This is incredible. You know, you fell too. Like, I mean, you had a really, really good run in that Romeo and Juliet movie. You re- you really were the reason that, that tragic ending happened. It's a pivotal role. Yeah. People have uh, expressed anger towards me it's, throughout the years. It's Balthazar's fault. Like a hundred percent. Literally. Like, it's literally his fault. Like he didn't, he didn't he even well. stop. He meant well, but he was just like, Oh, and then just took off took yeah. took off running. Okay. So yeah. tell us, tell us a little bit about, I mean, I have so many questions about this movie because I mean, you were young, you were 17 at the time. So did you like understand what you were, what you were going to be a part of? Like, did you know what this was going to become? I, I did. And I didn't, I mean, you never know what something's going to be until it's, uh, till it's made. Right. But I knew that I was working with, you know, basically some of the best actors you could ask to work with at the time. I knew that I was working with one of the best directors you could ask to work with at the time. Um, I was completely thrilled to, to be a part of it. Um, but like, I, I think with something of the, of the scope of Romeo and Juliet and the intricacy of the world he created, Baz Luhrmann created and like how, um, he modernized it all. And I, it's, I think it's hard to get in the head of like a, genius. you know, yeah. level <laughs> genius, right? Yeah. So you don't know until you see it. And then you're just like sitting there eating your popcorn going, I'm in this motherfucker. Like, you yeah. know, is that, um, yeah, is that, what is that like? Is that so cool? Yeah, it's cool. You know what, you know what I find cool? Um, when I was a, you know, I'm 43. So when I was in high school and we read Romeo and Juliet and like, watched Romeo and Juliet. We watched the old Olivia Hussey one that's very prim and proper and kind Mm -hmm. of traditional. And like, not everywhere, I'm sure, but I've heard a lot of people tell me that now high school, the the one you're going to watch is the Baz Luhrmann one if you're when you're studying Romeo and Juliet. So now now like that's, you know, I'm in the movie that the kids watch for for high school. the, The book. And that kind of thing is just weird and interesting, you know? I mean, you're a I part mean, of, like, the most, some of the most iconic films of 90s and 2000s. Like, truly. Like, the big you ones. You really are. There's a couple in there. There's a couple in there. Okay, so, like, people call you, like, one of the kings of the 2000s. What was it like walking down the street in, like, 2001 and you're Jesse Bradford? You're Mr. Um, Smiley. I was, I was um, recognized a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I never experienced anything... Uh, akin to uh, a Beatlemania, you know, <laughs> I mean, I never really got chased or anything. I had a couple, um, I saw a couple tears shed here and there. Um, I remember a meet and greet thing that I did where I kind of sat there while people filed by and, and, you know, got to take a picture with me or something. And I just remember this one girl absolutely losing her mind. Aww, tears so out of I was like, come here, you're okay. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I've always, honestly, I've always um, lived kind of a, somewhat i feel somewhat low-key kind of lifestyle and pretty pretty normal kind of interface with the world um but uh but definitely back at that time um i was wearing a lot of hats and sunglasses and uh trying to trying to blend in you know that's so crazy so like you couldn't really go places without like getting recognized every single place you went yeah but again it frenzy it wasn't like if uh you know i feel i feel like um you know Britney Spears can't go anywhere like to yeah. this day. You know, right. it wasn't yeah, like yeah. a Michael Jackson. It wasn't like a where people just like lose their shit. But you have like a perfect I, I level. I definitely had to watch myself and kind of wow. be aware that the people around me 
uh, were, were probably aware of who I was. Is that like frightening when you're like that young? Um, you know, I think when you're that young, you're just busy enjoying it. Yeah. yeah. I, I bet it was would, the best. I think it would be more frightening now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. We were, um, we're very curious about behind the scenes at Romeo and Juliet. I mean, like, was there partying? Were people going out? Were you go? were you able to do that with them or yeah. did you yeah, have like a, um, okay. We shot in Mexico city. Um, and there at the time were, uh, pretty lax rules down there. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't exactly getting carded. Uh, <laughs> and, um, I, I, I kind of think of that time in my life at, you know, 16 or 17 or whatever I was, um, and getting to like, I mean, I looked up to all these guys that I was working with, um, all these actors, you know, Leo and, and rest of them were were young adults and I was still kind of a kid and I was the youngest person you know in not maybe not in the movie but in the kind of main cast I guess um I think even Claire has a a couple of months on me or something um and uh everybody really took me under their wing um and I got to tag along and I felt like a like a big boy that's so Uh, fun and I I still look back on that time as like feeling like kind of for better or for worse, uh, when I learned how to like have a good t- go out at night and 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 see what it was all about, that was my introduction to, uh, I guess what at the time, especially you you perhaps romanticize as like adult partying, you know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. uh, it was a blast. It was amazing. I, I feel lucky too that my parents kind of let me get away with it. Um, I think they knew that I was a pretty responsible kid, and was probably were down there with me i was a minor so my parents were with me um and they just kind of said i think they said to themselves how do we deny him the opportunity to go out i guess if if leonardo dicaprio yeah they're like yeah yeah, you you can go all right yeah yeah (laughs) do you have any contact with any of the cast members still i mean here 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 and there um i uh I think probably the person I've run into the most recently um, is Harold Perrineau. My favorite in the um, whole film. Yeah, of him. in the movie, mm-hmm. um, which is actually the role I originally read for. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, I I read for Mercutio for Baz Luhrmann, like in person in New York City. Oh, my um, God. When you were, what, like 16? Yeah. yeah, I was like 16 or 17. Ooh. Wow. And... Um, he 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 called me personally um at my parents house like you know because i'm still you know um <laughs> on the landline I, I yes. called and said, hey um baz wants to call you <laughs> like okay you know you're like is jesse there called. yeah and he said um i i really loved your audition um we're going a different direction with mercutio but i really want you in the movie would you like to play this other role balthazar and i was like yeah oh. So you're like amazing. You're like I'll play a, a waiter at the part. Like I don't care. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll I'll be your personal assistant. Let's just. That's so sweet. Going. So he like actually took the time to call you and was like, "I'm sorry, it's not yeah. going to be this role." That's so yeah, cool. Yeah, which is a standout. That's never happened really. I wow. think before or since. Yeah. A lot of people wanted to know if there are any other uh, productions you've been a part of that really stood out to you as something that was like really special or something that. You'll just you'll never forget. Not that you'll forget any of well, this, but I mean, yeah. Uh bring it on for sure. Um, yeah. bring it on was a blast. We all just had so much fun. We we shot it in San Diego. So it was you can you like know, tell you all had fun. Yeah, you exactly. You could tell we were having fun. You really can. Um, 
it was like all these, we all got kind of transplanted down to San Diego and we were all, you know, young, young adults old enough to go out and have fun with each other. And everybody got along great. And we just had a really, really good time. And then that's another one where, again, you don't necessarily know what you're getting into until you see it. Um, and then I remember seeing the movie and just be like, that turned out good. I, I so feel like good. people oh, will like this. And then I remember the opening weekend was crazy. Cause, cause even though we thought the movie was good and we thought people would like it, we didn't realize it was going to be like number one at the box office several weeks in a row. And like, just, it just surprised everybody. And it's and never stopped. Remember, what's that? It's never stopped in a way. Right. I remember this is, this will, this will date me a little and it's kind of fun. Um, that opening weekend, I was at a, um, Dave Matthews concert. Ooh, <laughs> in Jersey, I want to say at the Giants stadium. And I was with a bunch of friends and, I think my, I, I had a cell phone, like a Nokia, you know, cell phone. Oh yeah. The <laughs> and I think my mom called me to like, tell me how well the movie was doing. And I like hung up the phone and like looked around and realized that I was being recognized already as like oh the God. guy from the movie that people oh, had man. seen the night before, you know? Um, so I remember that pretty well as like just a weird watershed moment yeah. in the progression of uh, my career or, or, you know, notoriety or whatever. And then you gave us like an iconic teen thriller swim fan. I love that movie. I haven't seen that, it in forever, but we've covered it on this. We covered it on this podcast. It's one of our like oh, better episodes. You? Yeah. Like people love it. And people like really like started to talk about, like we had a very big fan base when we did that episode and people really loved you in that. We oh, get good. people all the time. I'm, people say that's one of their top favorite movies, like of the of that era. And yeah. they're like, "That was a lot." I got a lot of DMs about that was a sexual awakening for a lot of. Women. Oh yeah, I've a heard, lot. and a lot of men. I've had people of both oh, yeah. genders come up to me years now and go, "I just want you to know how important that movie <laughs> was to me and my understanding of myself." And I'm just always like, "High five!" Good. That's so sweet. We, <laughs> We have like specific questions about how often you had to get waxed for the entire production of that film. I ne I never got waxed, but I shaved my chest. Okay. I shaved my chest. Because you had so to be like, main... you had to be 16. So it was like. I mean, I was playing a little younger and um, I, you know, uh, the, the real reason was actually more because that's what a swimmer would do. Mm -hmm. True. Okay. Yeah. That's definitely what a swimmer would do. They, they eliminate as much body hair as possible. <laughs> so I I just rode that train. Yeah. Okay, got it. And so people wanted to also know if you had any like formal swim training for this role. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, I did. Uh, I started swimming on my own right away. Like the like the day I got the job, I was like, okay, I got a new hobby I got to pick up. Um, and then um, soon thereafter, I started training. Like the movie got me a trainer who was like a ex you know, I don't know what level he reached. I wish I could remember his name and, and, and like give him a shout out, but uh, <laughs> some guy who was a pro swimmer who was probably in his mid twenties or, you know, late twenties. Mm -hmm. And he started teaching me and um, it turned out, although I, I was a, I guess a capable, I had no idea what I was doing. And there was a lot to learn about like the aerodynamics, uh, if you will, of the, or hydrodynamics, perhaps. Mm -hmm. yeah. Hydrodynamics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking that's it. Um, and uh, 
long story short, I, I do it to this day. Wow. I really? still swim. I That's swim amazing. as often as possible. It's one of my favorite forms of exercise that I've ever discovered. Do you get uh, nervous when you're coming uh, out of the water that there might be a stalker like standing <laughs> right above you? Like probably very years beautiful. Ago, maybe, um, <laughs> less so now. I, I go to a really sleepy that nobody goes to. The pool's always Perfect. empty and I, I go do my thing. But uh but but it's it's an amazing wave. It, it's really good for you and uh zero impact. It's like zero impact. Love it. Big fan. That's really cool. And I know a people swim all, fan, I say. <laughs> definitely a swim fan. I, I do a lot of low impact exercise as well by not ever moving my body. So that's also that's another way to go very quickly. We need to go back to bring it on because people have obviously so many questions. I'm sure you're so sick of talking about this. You know what I'm going to say? The toothbrush scene. Yeah. People want to know, was the spitting scripted? Was this improv? How did it all work out? The scene was scripted. It took up about a quarter of a page and it just described the idea that, um, I mean, I wish I could remember it exactly, but it was less, I think there was less on the page than what we made out of it. But the idea was there, the seed of it was sexual tension in the bathroom while two people are brushing their teeth. I mean, we've all Um, been there. You nailed it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, and, and, And I don't know that, that anybody knew that it was going um hit so hard slapped so hard it, it really did we had fun with it and we 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 goofed around and kind of did whatever we want with it and uh maybe we made like a meal out of what was written as a snack you know um <laughs> you truly and did. uh i i never would have guessed in a million years that that scene would kind of um capture people and and be so memorable for people but i think is. every time i brush my teeth and i spit I, I literally think about this scene like multiple times a week. Like I can't even brush my teeth without being like, like doing the spit. It's like, that's crazy. So ingrained in my mind, like, cause she just looks so cute when she's doing it. Did you guys like each other on set? Do you have a little crush? Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. But, but oh. she, and she was young. I mean, she was like 15 or something and I okay. was, you know, 20. Okay. So. okay. Good answer. So good okay. answer. Okay. Solid but, answer. A long break. She's a lovely person. Um, the but, uh, you know, I, I I remember with the with the um, toothbrushing scene that uh, you're right that she was kind of like cute and mirror and did yeah. her little like you know I'm a little embarrassed by this kind of vibes. And my plan going into it was to be as like bright and loud and over the top as possible. Like I was maybe like almost putting on a show with mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. It's probably pretty close <laughs> to how I really brush my teeth. I'm kind of a kinetic. Wow. frenetic kind of person but, uh, but I, I, dialed it up. I go hard do you i don't brush for yeah, i go I'm, hard i go hard but i don't go for long but i go hard Is i go a- long now i do i really do i'm a wow. long toothbrusher i i i oh, extend really? past the two minute recommended amount it's yeah. relaxing how you're a new dad you don't have time to be oh, doing tell me this. about it right but by 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 the evening at least I get a really good brush in. The morning brush okay. is a little shorter. You probably kind of fall asleep a little bit as you're brushing. Right, it's yeah, kind you of can like zone a meditation. Out a yeah, yeah. You can zone out a little. Wait, are you a flosser? Avid Beautiful. every night. Beautiful. Yeah. I feel like amazing. I feel like men in their 40s are really into flossing. I feel like I hear this a lot from men in their 40s. I can ask around. Please ask. 40s. I haven't really touched base with people about this. It's just my own personal passion project. I, um, I think you should talk about it. 
Jesse, it's we're we're coming up on 20 minutes, so we're gonna let you go. We just have to, but one, we want to thank you with all of our dearest, deepest hearts. I mean, like we this podcast was kind of based off of Brendan Fraser, but Sloan and I said that we talk about you the next most. We truly do. <laughs> and well, there's congrats to him, by the way. You guys must be fired up. What a year. We're oh, this is our Super Bowl. This is like uh, yeah, seriously. I haven't seen the movie yet. I hear nothing but great things. It's but so like, good. What a great what a, I love a great comeback story. And um, if if we had ever chatted along the way, even before this, I would have agreed with you guys that he was a great actor. Absolutely. That, that there was no reason to ever go, oh, he sucks now. Or right? he's a great actor who just kind of mm-hmm. like got lost for a minute there, you know. And now he's, he's incredible. I hope you guys get to work with him. And also, now that I'm seeing you in person, I'm really feeling that there should be a Jesse Bradford, Colin Farrell kind of brothers film because you guys have a similar thing. I get it. I get it. I, as a matter of fact, I used to, I mean, I think he's a very talented guy. I, yeah. I like him. But round about the, the time we've been discussing, the early 2000s, um, he, he kind of, when he came on the scene, oh. I, I literally went, oh, great. Cooler, older, sexier me. <laughs> Like, I that's can not going to help. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that being a little triggering. I can, I understand. I might. Yeah, it was triggering. Yeah, but yeah. you put pl- you put your feet into that ground, and you didn't go anywhere. No. Yeah. Well, there you go. And and it, by the way, at this point, like I just like his work. You get over those. He's kind so of, good. Yeah, do you have you anything know, coming up? Like ego driven thoughts eventually in your life. <laughs> Will you do any like big acting things coming up or anything? I don't have anything like scheduled right now um i'm tr- I've, there's something i'm trying to produce and get off the ground uh from a producer standpoint that i don't want to kind of talk about yet because it's not yeah. there yet um uh i want to start writing i want to start trying to get um directorial aspirations more off the ground um i directed a short a couple years ago that i'm proud of that was like eight minute long short that made some film festivals um and uh sort of like I oh, I don't that. know. I don't even know how you can, but it's called the Day of Matthew Montgomery. There's a huge wave of like nostalgia. Like, I mean, there's this huge nostalgic wave yeah. from like the 90s and 2000s. Do you get approached a lot to do things based on your movies? No, actually, no. I, I haven't had anything like that come up. Um, I think that what's wrong with the world that could be fun if it's the right thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like a bring it yeah. on with babies. Like maybe you have babies now. <laughs> We can write well, something I mean, for you. Every once in a while, uh, you know, every couple of years or so, some kind of weird recurring rumor comes around that, like, maybe somebody's working on a Bring It On sequel. Um, I don't know anything anything official about that, but um, I would wager that the people that own the rights to it all agree that it's not a bad idea. No, I would right be now, there. it's not. If they like money. So um, that'd be cool. That'd be really cool. I'm always rooting for that. That'd be really fun. Today, um, I did a Hulu movie uh, this year called Mary oh. Kiss. I, I kind of hate the title, but it's a really t- like Christmas rom-com that actually turned out really good uh, with an oh. actress named Katie Lowe's. What's the uh, name of it? Mary Kiss Cam. It's okay, because... It's yeah. got a couple that goes on their first date to a hockey game and they get put on the kiss cam and they kiss on the kiss cam, even though it's their first date and the hockey team, the home team wins for the first time in like a year. 
And so it becomes like a superstition thing. And they kind of get roped into this whole thing of like continuing to show up and kiss on the kiss cam and blah, blah, blah. It turned out really cute. If you're going to do like a, like a Christmas rom-com, I could not be happier with how this turned out. So we will be recapping that next for the following, for the, this Christmas. And we will let you know how it goes. <laughs> Please do. We will. Well, I don't want to take up any more of your time. You are seriously so sweet for doing this. Um, is there yeah, any, my pleasure. anything you need to tell us that you've like always wanted to, to tell people on a podcast people is there something about hollywood you want us to know some secret thing you want you know a, a clickbait worthy you know get get it out there if you need to to get something off your chest this is the place is there anything I, you want I, page I, six to pick up <laughs> no i i want page six to leave me out of it <laughs> <laughs> fair Perfect. enough well thank you so much jesse you have been an absolute doll and i uh middle school me and high school me i wish i could go back in time and be like you're gonna talk to jesse bradford one day you're gonna talk to him because this has been so fun so thank you good thank you so much all right we'll talk to you later bye Thus concludes our very special episode of Mummy Dearest Podcast. Please make sure to follow Jesse Bradford at Jesse Bradford, follow me at I am Sloan Steel and Oh My Erotica, and follow Zach at Zach Bellin, wherever you can, you know, find people on social media. All right, well, that's all. Hope you enjoyed. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Mummy Dearest podcast. See you next time. And remember, don't read from the Book of the Dead. I'm kissing you.